Now, if you know me, I like props. I'm a very visual person, and I'm standing up here today not just because I like to be tall, um, although I do quite like to be tall. It's why we high heels. But um, I want you to be able to see the props really well, so I'm doing it from up the, up the front. Thanks, ladies. Thanks, ladies. That's awesome. Yay, and it stayed together. Woohoo, that's a miracle in itself. Just letting you know. <laughs> um, I'm Danielle, if you don't know who I am, and um, I'm married to Greg, and he's asked me to speak. And I'm speaking a word that's been on my heart for quite some time now. Um, foundations. We've been hearing about foundations for um, quite some time here at The Rock, and um, it actually all started from a conversation that we were having with um, Josh and Jesse at their house. And I started seeing this visual picture of this flaky pastry, mill fuel, and a concrete sandwich. So today, I'm going to talk to us about our foundations. Firm or flaky? I'll explain more about what they are and what they represent later. Um, so the last time I spoke with you all was um, back in February, and I had just started a new job. Now, um, I've been there just over a term and a bit, and um, this job is, is really awesome, and I, I love it to pieces, and I love the children that I'm working with and the families. And um, I was thought I was walking into a well-established team where the planning would be in place, and everything would be just amazing, and I could just walk in and go, here I am, oh, I can love on these kids and just have a wonderful, fabulous time with all the sensory, tactile stuff that I just love, and make lots of mess, and then leave. Um, wasn't actually quite like that, uh, and little did I know that the foundations are less than firm, and a little flaky, but it's okay, it's okay, because God is good, and um, it's making my reliance become more and more upon him, and who he's creating me to be. There's definitely layers there, um, but they're of a very interesting nature. And I use that word interesting in quite a loose term. Uh, I use the word interesting quite a lot. How was your day? It was interesting. How was your day? It was really interesting. <laughs> anyway, God is good, and he's growing us through all the interesting layers, isn't he? Recently, Greg and I were watching the news together. We often watch the news um, as a family, and um, it got to the sport. I normally go and do something else when it's the sport, because it's one of my least favorite things. However, um, on this particular occasion, I actually learned something. It's good to have your ears on, isn't it? Um, Alan Jones, as you probably all know, anyone know who Alan Jones is? I had to be reminded who he was, or even told who he was. I had no idea that he is the ex-Aussie rugby coach. He was talking about the modern state of Australian rugby. Now, he was talking about it in relation to their current, uh, to their grassroots foundation. And when I heard the word foundation, I'm like, what? What did he say? Thinking about my word on foundation, I'm like, okay, tune in, tune in, what did he say? And I had to actually go back later and look it up on um, TV3 On Demand and do word for word what he said, because it was very interesting. This is what he said. In fact, before I say what he said, 
the problem was that he was explaining all this stuff because the Aussie teams are having a bit of a problem at the moment. They're, they're struggling, which is quite sad for Aussie, isn't it? <laughs> it is sad because I, I, I have to admit I am half Australian. So, you know, I feel for them. I really do. Well, a little bit. A, a, a little bit, yeah. Anyway, um, so Alan Jones said, rugby is no different from you building your own home. We build the rugby home. In that, if you don't spend money on the floor, down here you'll see a concrete floor, foundation, there is no point in building a roof. If, on the other hand, you want to spend all your money on a roof and there's no decent floor, the roof will collapse. We have got to go back to the floor of the game. It's interesting the world know it, isn't it? We've got to go back to the floor of the game. We've got to go back to the floor of our foundations. Chris, I think you might be upstairs. Chris Reddington has kindly let me borrow these slabs of concrete for my concrete sandwich. He is a builder. And he was explaining to me that in the building industry, the integrity of the building gets tested. The builder cannot even build the house until the foundation is actually tested and it must be rock solid. And if it's not rock solid, then it's a no-go. They won't allow you to build. There must be integrity, and there must be integrity of the layers because the foundation is going to be tested. So, big question of the day, what are we building on? There's a billboard out the front, out down here. You've probably all seen it as you've been driving on down um, Naranga Gorge or driving to and fro. Um, and it's a billboard that says, The Rock, build your life on it. Now, it's a pun on words, obviously, The Rock. We are called The Rock City Church here, build your life on it. But it's obviously referring to The Rock, Jesus Christ, build your life on it. And I find it quite challenging because we can say, yeah, of course I am. I totally am. I pray. I go to church. I do the children's stuff. I do. Um, I take a meal to the, um, to the elderly. I, I do a few things. I'm, lo- I'm building my life on the rock. But when push comes to shove and we get tested, because God even says he's going to test us, doesn't he? He says it very clearly in his word. What will remain of us? Hebrews 11.10 says, For he, Abraham, was looking for a city, the new Jerusalem, the bride, it's us, which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. I love that. This is to be no different today. We need to be built on the foundation, Jesus Christ. If we want to be part of the new Jerusalem, the people today that are built on that foundation are the future church that Hebrews is referring to. The question that I want to ask us all today is, is he truly our foundation? God has to be our foundation, doesn't he? Because it's one thing to say it, because it's really easy to say things, isn't it? But it's another thing to know it and to live from it. We've been hearing a lot about the demonstration of our life. Well, actually, you know, we say and then we do is what God is looking at. He's interested in our our behaviour. Let's all turn to um, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9 to 15. 
I'll just take a wee drink. I love the slide. Thank you, Rochelle, for doing that. So cool. So from verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Verse 10. According to the grace of God, which was given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. Verse 14. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so is through fire. You can see from this passage how important it is that our foundation is Christ. Our future inheritance, which is what the scripture is actually about, is reliant on whether we have started with the right foundations. That if the foundation is wrong, our conclusion is going to be wrong. Or putting it another way, if we start wrong, we're going to end really badly. We are to have the right foundation established early so we experience life in Christ, his freedom, his life, his beauty, just like we sang about, just like we prayed about. So I want to remind us that if we don't have the right foundation, we're not going to have the right conclusion. Now, let me give you my take on two very different foundations. We've got our flaky foundation, which is called the mill fuel. It's my take on the mill fuel. Just pretend that it's different kind of pastry. And that it's really lovely cream and the cream hasn't run. Just pretend. Um, so it means 1,000 sheets, layers or leaves. It's an old school French pastry that's airy, crispy, flaky and decadent in all the right places. For today's purpose, we have layers and layers of pus pastry, 10 layers to be exact, and jam and cream. Now, these layers, let's think about our own lives. We all have layers, don't we? In fact, I'm wearing quite a few layers today because of the jolly cold Wellington wind and weather. But I'm talking about the layers in our lives. These layers could be anything that we have built our lives upon. Layers upon layers. Could be children, a job, sport, physical appearance even, academic or theological study, or even house renovations. That seems to be a big one at the moment. Layers cover who we are. I'm just going to highlight just a couple of areas that have really spoken to me recently. And I'm speaking to myself as well. Mothers with children. It's easy to hide behind them. So we don't actually have to talk to anyone. Because mm. uh, if people ask us how we are, maybe we might not know what to say. And then they might just discover who we really are. Or, or we may simply just live our lives through them. 
and our whole identity becomes wrapped right up in that lovely little person. So then we don't know who we are anymore. Our jobs is another big one. These can sometimes keep us so busy and consumed so we don't have time to think about anything else and then when we don't have to uncover the layers of who we actually are and discover who God has actually called us to be and not do because it was never about doing as a first place priority. It was about being. It was always about being who he's called us to be. Another one is our sports or fitness, health even, academic or theological studies. Our minds can become so controlled by how much we must achieve and what we must do and the knowledge we can boast and talk of. Now, it's great to study and it's great to actually be fit. I'm not saying any of these things are wrong in themselves. However, if we're consumed by it and that's all that we can talk of, our layers are a little flaky. So why do we add layers of the pointless stuff to our lives? It's a big question. Why? I believe one of the whys is because we don't know who he is and who we truly are. It's massive. Another why is I believe the layers cover the rawness and the truth of who we are. It's getting a bit raw and a bit tender, isn't it? But you know what? The, the truth and the, um, the, the truth confronts and the truth speaks, doesn't it? It has to. When we start looking ourselves in the mirror and stop looking through the window, like Steve referred to, things get a little bit real, don't they? We realize that we actually need to start looking at ourselves and start dealing with some of the stuff that we've put over to cover over, cover over, cover over. So ladies, if you're a lady who wears makeup, I like makeup, um, why do we wear it? Well, for me, it covers our imperfections, doesn't it? It promises a flawless finish. In fact, I've even got a makeup at home called Flawless Finish. Funny that. <laughs> to cover my big Mount Vesuvius pimple on the side of my nose. So you don't realise that it's there. But actually underneath it is there. And what's the first layer we put on before we get to the blush and the mascara and the eyeshadow? What's it called, ladies? Foundation. Interesting name, isn't it? Because the foundation is the first part and then we cover layers and layers and layers upon makeup. And I mean, to be honest, some people who put their makeup on have no idea what they actually look like underneath because, you know, it's like that ad on TV. You know, they go to bed looking, ah, they go to bed, they wake up looking, eh, you know, because it's all this layers and layers of foundation. In fact, it reminds me, Maddie, of the um, YouTube clip that they were watching the other day and it was how many layers that they could put on their face yeah, YouTube clips, amazing. <laughs> this poor lady could hardly move because of all the layers of stuff that she put on her face. She was still smiling throughout it, but anyway, I'm not quite sure how that happened. So that's our flaky foundation. That depicts our flaky. Now, secondly, we have our firm, our concrete sandwich. It's pretty firm. It's not going to go anywhere. It's pretty rock solid. Um... And it's eternal. 
Let's come back to 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. I love that. It has to be Jesus. It has to be him. Layers upon layers of him. So our concrete sandwich today has lettuce. This is lettuce. It's a little spongy. (laughs) Um, And this depicts his love. Okay. Then we have tomatoes. Yes, tomatoes do come in square shapes. (laughs) Tomato depicts his peace. And we have cheese. So we have lettuce, tomato and cheese. Cheese is his joy. This is just some of the layers that actually depicts who Jesus is as my foundation. It's his fruit within us. It's his life within us, which is rock solid. And it's true. And it's eternal. I just want to read to you from um, the book Bird's Eye View. And in page 135, it says, We need to ask ourselves as leaders and followers if the fruit of his spirit is actually being formed and produced within us. Because this is what is produced and formed in, in us when Jesus is building his church. Are we able to love like Christ? Do we have his peace, his joy, his rest? Are we receiving even when we sleep? Greg just referred to this scripture before. Are we like the man who throws out the seed and goes to bed and wakes up to find the crop is produced, not knowing how this all happened, but still experiencing the reality of it. How beautiful that is. The concrete sandwich is to be the foundation of our lives. It's his word, which is impenetrable, imperishable, and eternal. I'll say that again. He is the foundation. It's his word, it's him within us, and it's impenetrable, imperishable, and eternal. Let's look at First Peter 1, verse 23 to 25. For you have been born again, not of a seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. I love that. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Beautiful. The word of the Lord endures forever. So what are the layers of our foundation? Are they the flaky pastry with cream and jam, temporary and empty, ultimately leading to death and destruction? Or are they the concrete layers, rock solid, that are eternal, leading to life and freedom, impenetrable, imperishable, and eternal? Now we are going to see what happens when the foundations are tested. I have my rubber mallet, courtesy of Keith Harrison Building. Um, 
And we're going to see what happens when the storm of life hits. Because we all have storms in our lives, don't we? may look different for different people, but they all come at different times when we least expect it. So if you're built on flaky puff pastry, and the storm of life comes, there's not a lot that remains. There's a little bit of air inside. There's a lot of jam and cream that have gone everywhere. We might get another knock. Oops. <gasps> Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just wanted to be dramatic, but... <laughs> anyway, you get the picture, right? Flaky pastry, full of hot air. Literally empty. Or... Oops. Oh, no. Should have got a cloth. This concrete sandwich. Let's see what's going to happen, shall we? Ready? Oh. Just maybe a little wobble, but it certainly didn't fall over, did it? Because it's rock solid. It's built on the rock. We've all heard... Sorry, now I've got jam everywhere. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, I hate sticky jam. We've all heard about the man who built his house on the rock, the right foundation, this one, and the man who built his house on the sand, the wrong foundation, in Matthew seven twenty four to 27. And when the storms came, what happened? One house stood and the other house fell, just like our puff pastry foundation. But I want to take a look at the verses before these verses because they give this passage context. Thanks, Greg. And I want to remind us of the saying that wrong foundations equal wrong conclusions. So let's um, turn to Matthew 7, 21 to 23. I promise to help clean this up. It's all good. Don't panic. (laughs) So verse 21 says, is that slide working, guys? Thank you. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons? And in your name, perform many miracles. Or, I did all the baking for the neighbours. Or, I looked after all the children in the neighbourhood. I did, I did so much, Lord, Lord. But then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house. Upon the rock. What words is Jesus referring to, do you think? It's the words of verse 21 to 23, isn't it? It's these words. He who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Everyone else, I'm sorry, but you didn't make it. And that sounds really harsh, but you know what? The truth is confronting. The truth is the truth. The foundation has to be his word, and we know it is his word, isn't it, in our lives? It's Jesus. We must hear, understand, and obey the foundation's words if we are to be built on the right foundation. 
Christ himself. It's obvious that these men, although they called him Lord, weren't built on the right foundation. Because even though they performed signs and wonders and did all these wonderful things, um, Jesus says, still says, I never knew you. Our lives are the evidence of the foundation we are built on. I love the scripture from Psalm. It's Psalm 89 verse 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of your throne. Loving kindness and truth go before you. Beautiful scripture. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Loving kindness and truth go before you. He establishes us as we allow him to build us from the foundations up, inside and out. He's interested on the inside, most importantly on the inside. Matthew 23, 26 um, highlights this. It says, you blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and of the dish foundation so that the outside of it may become clean also. There's no point in cleaning the outside and having the inside stained with tea. It doesn't work, does it? It's revolting and ugly and, and dirty. So let me share with you who our foundation is. I think you get the picture of who he is, right? And who he is to be in us and to us. He is our cornerstone. He is the rock of our salvation. He is the master builder. And by him, we are chiseled with precision and perfection. Sometimes not the way we like to be. But that word perfection is he does the work. He is our firm foundation. He is our everything. Now I'd like you, if you'd like to, declare this with me today and replace the our with my. He is my cornerstone. He is the rock of my salvation. He is the master builder. And by him, I am chiseled with precision and perfection. He is my firm foundation. He is my everything. If you've declared that today, you've spoken his truth over your life. And now all we need to do is live from that place. It's the most beautiful, simple thing, but so, so deep, isn't it? So then we can confidently say, just like the kids' song, he set my feet upon the rock. He gave me a firm place to stand. He set my feet on a rock, and here I am. Here I am, the pillar of strength. Here I am. I'm going to say yes for you, Lord. I'm going to go, and I'm going to do what you asked me to do. And from that song that Jay um, led so beautifully this morning from Unshakable, in you my hope is secure. You're more than enough for me. In you my hope secure. You are high and lifted up unstoppable. The gates of hell will never prevail because your kingdom stands unshakable. Your kingdom stands unshakable. Do we believe that? It stands unshakable because it's eternal. Let's ensure that our foundation is built upon the rock. Immovable, impenetrable, imperishable, and eternal. Yeah. Thank you. That's all I've had to say.
Let's build our lives upon him. It's quite a mess up there, eh? It's awesome. Just to add just one slight thing, Matthew seven twenty one is not about heaven or hell. So when he says, I never knew you, it has nothing to do with heaven and hell. So it's not a justified position. It's a sanctified one. Okay, it's about reward. Our gift of salvation is free. So when we are in the foundation, he has a divine pattern to the way he does every single thing. Okay, so out of the foundation, we need to know how he operates. Because those people were doing signs and wonders, but were still in lawlessness, which means they did it their own way. So I just want to clarify that so everyone knows it's got nothing to do with heaven and hell. It's about reward and being outside of a millennial kingdom, the return when he's back, which we're going to unpack more and more and more. And we have, um, and I've encouraged you to go listen to my Bride of Christ messages from 2012, because I talk about some of that stuff in there. And the Father's been talking about relaying that again, about eternal perspective. So we understand and we have the whole purpose of God taught to us. So we understand that there is an expectation that God has upon our lives. Because the Bible talks about gifts, a gift, and a prize. And they're not the same thing. And you need to know they're not the same thing. Okay, A gift is free. A prize is earned. Yes, earned through not my own ability, my surrender to it as he does the work in and through me. And so they didn't receive their prize at the judgment seat, which is 1 John 3, which you just heard. So 1 John 3 is a judgment seat for a prize. Yeah? And this is what God is waking the church up to, the realization, because the reality of it, it stirs you out of being casual if you are casual, because it actually awakens you to realize, man, there's more, so I need to pursue God to understand them more. So that was pretty cool, wasn't it? Visual demonstrations are very cool, visual communication. So if you want to take photos of it, take photos of it, and uh, just to help you, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. Um, And it fits just so well into what God's doing. He's building precept upon precept here.